Hey, this is a Hakawati production. My guest today is Dirk Kunz, who's just been appointed as head of the German-based Friedrich Naumann Foundation for Freedom. He's been in the Middle East for seven years now, four years in Egypt and three years in Beirut, in Lebanon. And he's just been relocated to Amman, Jordan, to review and communicate on current political developments in the MENA. Please welcome Dirk Kunz. Thank you. So what does that mean exactly? Um, to review and communicate recent political uh, developments when you say that? It's probably a quote that I took a while to come up with in order to encompass basically everything that we do. Um, that sounds good and um, basically portrays um, all kinds of all kinds of tasks that we have. Because like in the end, or in, in the, to begin with, like uh, the Friedrich Naumann Foundation is, is an educational institute. It's a German political foundation. And... When and and I need now another three four minutes to really explain what we do and and actually like you know even after this like family and friends still don't know what I do so yes it's a know, little it's suspicious like, hey it is sounds right <laughs> it, yeah no, no it's 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 actually it's something it's something very uh, the moment you under the moment you actually like getting in deeper into what we do and why we're doing it you you and for every political mind actually you you get to appreciate it and you get to really like it. And if you allow me, I would like to uh, sure, elaborate. But, but before that, let's just uh, say that the FNF is, first of all, of course, a German organization yeah. that's active in over 60 countries around the world, including in Europe, Africa, Asia, North and Central America. And its official stated mission is to advance the rights of minorities, the democratic control of security forces, and the strengthening of international human rights coalitions. Does that sound about right? Sounds about right, yes. Okay. Um, as long as we still have always like this political... Um, tendency in it. Well, why don't you go ahead then and explain for us a little bit more in detail what it is that the mandate is. Well, the thing is like you have to come you have to start like first of all we are a German foundation. That means like our main activities are in Germany. Um, and that is born out of the the history of Germany where you know we we learned that in in after two world wars you could basically train you could basically train the society the german society towards something exclusiveness and towards something you know um, um you know not democratic basically and when you can train people into this you also can train them into the other direction but you have to do it and that's the that's the whole the whole starting point for it to say like hey we have not much on civic education on adult education in terms of what we take for granted, democratic values, human rights, rule of law, all of these things. Um, so we need institutions that do that. And how do we do this? This shouldn't be done by state actors, for example. Um, so what, what the, the German model is, is basically we take the parliamentary elections and each political party that is voted into parliament represents a political ideology. And this ideology is, you know, is something that then, you know, is, is represented in the, in, the, in the society as well. And if a party is re-elected, then we have the understanding this ideology that is there is not just a hiccup in history. It's not just like something quick or whatever. So there is a, a certain need for this ideology. So a communist, a socialist, a conservative, a liberal, a green, you know, like all of these. 
But your the, party is liberal. And the no, the it's very far left. I'm, I'm coming yeah. I'm sorry for, for being that long, but now that you give me this time, I will use it. Um, the moment the party is re-elected into parliament, this party can form a political foundation. And now it becomes tricky. This was the easy part. Um, because the moment this foundation is, is created, it is separated from the party. So the foundation stands for the ideology that the party is actually doing on real 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 day-to-day -day basis that can differ so we are a, uh, a liberal uh, political foundation so that means that um we 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 strive for everything that um the 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 liberal ideology the liberal poli political ideology is standing for individualism uh, free market rule um rule of law human rights all of these things and Sometimes it can be that the party that we are affiliated with is in government and they have to make concessions. You know, they're in government with the socialists, so they have to make concessions to something where we as a foundation would say like, hey, this is diverting from the ideology. So this is where we, where we are, like somewhere, somewhere different. And so what you have, what you end up with is basically you have a foundation, a political foundation for, uh, for the communist ideology, for the socialist ideology and so on. And... With all of them, if you put them together, you have basically a nice cut through the society of Germany and represent the ideologies that the German people are electing right now. And our main work is in Germany. So we do public and civic education in Germany. What is democracy? Why are elections important? And all this kind of stuff. We do this in Germany. This is our main focus. However, um, we have now over so many years, we, are, we just turned 60 uh, last year, um, developed an international network. That means, like, you know, there are other political parties that we're interacting with, other organizations, think tanks, and so on. And they profit from our experience, they profit from the network, they, you know, we... we can we I, can I ask you a question? First of all, who's funding the organization, and why is it, why was it necessary to be in all these other countries? Hey, that, uh, uh, let me start with, uh, with the last one, because this is something like, that's exactly the point, that you have in other countries for for one there's like someone who's fighting for the same goals but is not as well equipped as we are for example and we come to this um, um what is equipped means um so we as a foundation would not go and say like hey um, we're here coming to lebanon and in order to to be better you need to do this and this and that you know at the times of um of the development policy where the white man comes with a suitcase and opens up and says like here this is this is my 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 store and th this is what you have to do in order to get better these are over these times are over so basically it is that we're just looking as like okay who is is, is like-minded like us who's thinking like us and how can we support them to do what they want to do. So you're Because basically encouraging time, people who are who have the same ideology in other countries so that you can kind of have friends all over the world, exactly, right? Is that exactly. the purpose? Just and to, to create... To promote liberalism. To promote but, but, what I mean, we stand what, for. Yeah, but to promote it for what? I mean, what's in it for, for Germany? Um, it's it's part of the it's part of the foreign relations because you have to see the big picture um, because it's not just us we just we just have a chunk of the uh, we're just covering a chunk of the Lebanese society let's just stay here with the Lebanese um, because we would not talk with certain partners that our communist friends would talk to but their friends wouldn't you know their partners wouldn't talk to us so you know in the big picture basically you you support the whole society to be self um uh, or like to on the ideals of of democracy you know that's where we where we foundations also like um are over overlap 
And why is this important? For Germany, this is part of the foreign relations. The foreign relations of Germany are threefold. You have the diplomatic relations, that is uh, the embassies where basically uh, countries or states talk to states. There are protocol issues, you know, um, if you are in a specific Let's uh, come to an example later. Then you have the second level, which is the cultural level. Like uh, in Germany, it's the Goethe Institute, language courses, movies, um, um, festivals, and so on. And then you have the political level, and this is where the political foundations are. So you have, for example, a situation in a country where um, an embassy is not allowed to um, talk to certain actors in the society, even though they play a big role. Um, for protocol reasons, because the country cannot talk to them. So we can. We we have access to them. We can talk to them or other foundations can. Are there any people in the region that you can mention? They can, When you talk about people that governments are maybe not allowed to talk to, what kind of people are, you know, specifically are you talking about? Which political parties would be kind of uh, a faux pas to kind of have a direct conversation well, with Western governments. Well, it was difficult. For example, one example that I know from from first hand is is the is the is the Egyptian example. Um, we had the time of the Arab Spring in 2011 when Mubarak was overthrown, and the all diplomatic levels were in this in this in this in this difficult position that they had uh, no access to the important and relevant actors of the Muslim Brotherhood who all of a sudden were everywhere. And there was no no direct channel because they didn't know with whom to talk to because they were not doing that before. And we were inclusive in this approach. We're like, okay, they're part of the society. We may not like them and they certainly are not liberal, but they are part of the society. So let's talk to them. So we had access to them and not us as a foundation. All the other foundations, we were then sitting together and it's part of the uh, international relations to actually like talk, to ha to start a dialogue, to to be able to communicate with each and other. And then do you take that information and communicate back to your your government? Um, Or do you have direct kind of uh, relationships with with your government in Germany? In this case, um, we were we, we have we have um, um, meetings with uh, the, the the embassy or something like this. But we are not um, part of the German government. Mm -hmm. We are we getting our money, and that's coming back to yes. your to your to your question. We're getting our money from the German parliament. Mm -hmm. So there is which according... is part of the government, isn't no. it? No. The That's government not? is the okay. executive. The, the, <laughs> okay. the, the, the government is the, the right, derives from the parliament. So okay. it, all the people elect all the right, all the right. people in the in the parliament, okay. well. and then the parliament does the uh, executive, yeah. the, the, the the government, and then the and the parliament is is basically like giving uh, reserving a certain amount of money for the political foundations. And no, we are not under any kind of ministry or um, a certain certain minister that directs what we have to do. We are very free in this in this approach. Are there a lot of other uh, such organizations in Germany? Is Germany a place where they, the parliament uh, supports more than in other countries, for example? I don't know what's how is it in other countries, but obviously, like this this approach of like education is very important for Germans, and it did good to us to to invest in civic education to to make what we really think. Like I mean, like we're we're humans, and especially now where you see that populism is on the rise, you see that we are not immune to these kind of um, uh, critical factors. It's not. It doesn't mean because we had 40 years or 60 years of, of democracy that it will be another 60 years. 
democracy is very is very fragile and needs to be explained and needs to be worked on every day anew and we need to find ways to make it attractive to people and that's what we do and actually the foundation it was established uh, and named after a protestant theologian yes. friedrich uh, friedrich Naumann, who was a leading German liberal thinker and politician at the beginning of the last century. Uh, he believed that a functioning democracy needs politically informed and educated citizens uh, in order to have a society that has political participation and therefore a democracy. So so how exactly, so it's a lot about education, as you said. How, how do you do this? How does the foundation do that? Um, well, as I said, first of all, we do this in Germany. Um, we have um, we have an own um, educational center um, in, in, in Germany. Germany, where we have basically everyday seminars on elections, on um, also like free speech, like how yourself, like, you know, how do you speak? Every day? Every day, every day, every day. It's like a school. It is, basically. It's a training Mm -hmm. center, which is um, where you can also like sleep and everything like this. because Because... all the foreign offices again like our main activity is not in the foreign in the foreign world but we have we have 60 offices worldwide and they send every month for a certain seminar for two weeks someone there so we so end who up, are they sending um they are sending members of the civil society that are relevant for the seminar that we are having for example we will have one in september on innovation on innovation and in politics innovation in, in democracy like you know what are new new ways to innovate uh, to to interest people so we as an office here we can choose now and see like okay who in our spectrum of partners would be good for this who who should go there so we ask our partners and they nominate people and then we nominate them uh, one level further and then all the world of our of our uh, offices they 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 nominate someone and then you end up for two weeks in in the middle of nowhere in the greens of, of Germany for two weeks with um, 25 people from uh, all over the world on a certain subject they all have something to say they speak the same language because they're interested in the same stuff and we uh, we, we you know we let them work with each other on certain topics and these topics range from um, political participation for youth of like how to run NGOs um, to innovation we also have PR like how you how you do like you know um, um, uh, communication political communication and so on like all of these things so it's kind of like a think tank uh, we are we yeah. are a creative think tank that we we, we we were between being a think tank and being an, a platform an innovative platform for other think tanks. So you're talking about innovation and how to innovate the process of, I guess, uh, getting people interested and involved. And so I know that there are six regional directors in MENA, and most of those people are a little bit older and more senior than you. You're one of the younger ones. Why do you think they appointed you to, to MENA to be the next regional director? Um, this is due to uh, due to the fact that um, all that that we did, I think, uh, too good of a work here in in, in Beirut, and maybe the foundation uh, mistook this and uh, said like, okay, then he can do some other stuff as well. No, but seriously, um, um, when I arrived here three years ago, this office that we have right now did not exist. Um, we had a small office that was a part of the Jordan office, and um, and then we basically founded together with the new staff um this garage we are in a garage in a in a in in an open space where we where we sit and basically also live what we talk about and what is it that you talk about we talk about thinking outside the box um being active and um you know engaged so for example today well today at the office well today you're kind of on your way out 
so I'm sure you're not as productive as you've been for the last few years. But what what are some of the things? Do you spend most of the day in the office with your team? And what are the kinds of things that you guys talk about? Okay. When we are in the office, um, we have to do a lot of uh, filing. And, you know, because we're spending German taxpayers' money. And so every dollar is accounted for. So this has to be done. Um, also reporting. Um, if something is happening, an election here or something like this, you know, I am basically the one um, for the foundation. And for the liberal community in Germany to say, like, okay, this is the, the, the issue on the street. Mm -hmm. So this is the other Is part. it like a daily thing? Do you follow the no, news? No, I follow the news, of But course. But it's mostly when there's something major. Yes, when okay. there's something worthy to, to, yeah. to uh, okay. report. And then we are also planning um, and executing events, uh, activities that we do with our partners. And our partners are, are, are many. I mean, like from civil society to political society. And then we, um, yeah. Um, do so what are there some of the activities and events and stuff that you're organizing? Um, they range from political activities to something like really that we do with kids. Um, one thing that we, for you're example... You're starting them young, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> smart. <laughs> it's uh, no, it's it's actually like this is something that we that we really wanted to do with the kids um, because it's like something with uh, like where they reflect on themselves and just like questioning. But this is not the main point that we do. It's like what we, for example, did was um, uh, what we just finished basically, and it's just um, uh, just recently um, we had. You have to see, like you know, political foundations. You, you. I'm sure you get also like so many invites for conferences and a workshop here, and uh, I don't know a publication and and all of these things, you know, and a panel discussion. And they can be, they're good, you know, but there are other ways to do it. And what are other ways? Uh, because like, what we, are uh, other ways? I'm coming there. Okay. The, the moment, the <laughs> moment I'm, the moment I'm inviting someone, you know, like come, hey, we discuss this and this topic. I reach, a pre I preach to the already converted, you know, they are, they are interested. I want to reach people who are not yet, yeah, you know. Yeah, that makes sense. So, and, and so we, we, for example, we said like, okay, let's do some, some game jams, which is just basically um, um, another version of a, of a hackathon. Um, you have, um, you bring people together that are interested, somehow interested in gaming. And then you give them challenges. Okay, let's do, write a game on, on environmentalism, whatever, you know, so... And then they're like, okay, what I What do you mean, whatever? Idea. Are you actually doing games on environmentalism? On environmentalism, on historical uh, reference, for example, or on um, on on how to participate also, like in in in, in the society, um, like the the historic the historic value of of. Uh, so of you actually, games. your organization is hiring someone to design these games. We're not apps? hiring anyone, and that's quite interesting. Okay, how do you it's develop like we, the We're basically saying like, okay, let's do it. Let's do a game a game jam on certain challenges, and one of them, for example, I'm, I'm taking out this example is is uh, on historic references you um, did one so. on the Armenian genocide I exactly yeah. so um, and that that came out of not because we as an organization that we want to make one like this it was because we said like let's do a game jam and let's interest people in the dialogue of political issues and they were like someone who said like okay I have an idea but I have no idea how to code and they, then in this game in this this uh, auditorium of people there was someone oh I can code and okay if you tell me who are in these people These are people, students, interest people in, in gaming, and you find How them. How do you like gather a, them? I mean, you have partners here in the in the country. You have they have the Lebanese game developers. You have Arab Arcade. You have everyone in BDD. You know, there's like the, this country is full of tremendously interesting, creative people. And, so your um, office contacts all these places and says we're organizing this 
Let's is it, is it, is it worth event. is it worth it doing this? Like you know, yeah. we're like okay, we're looking like the idea is like not to make a panel discussion. So and then there are others like like Arabicade or like uh, the Lebanese game developers, and let's and we're like, hey, can we do something? And they're like, why don't we gather them and let's see what's coming out of it? Okay, let's do it. So we do a game jam and so on, and so we did it in Beirut, for example, and it was crazy. It was interesting. We did it, and I'm I'm just making an example now in Beirut. You have of 10 people, I would say like eight are creative people. They're like there and they're like, hey, let's do this and let's do that. And there are two guys who can code, you know, they're like this. They're like like like, like, um, um, like straightforward and then coding and yeah. mathematical and so on. And then we did the same game jam in Tripoli. And all of a sudden we had like eight guys who wanted to code and two creative people. So, you know, like all of a sudden you have a complete different diff, different area and a different different capacity, capacity yes. there. And then even better, the people who came from uh, in Tripoli were young fighters. I mean, they were so young um, and they still have a difficult past to to deal with. I mean, like, you know, we, we did it in, in, in Jabal and Mohsen and they were, they, were, they were showing us where they were like stationed, where they like fight and, and so on. And they have no other worldview in this very moment than taking up a gun and fight their fight. So, and here we are with, with local partners, Shift and, and, and all others, and then giving them this opportunity. And this is not just, we just don't put them in the room. We also then have trainers. This is, for example, what we then pay for. We have someone who can teach them coding, who can teach them putting an idea into something. And, and this is then developing over a whole weekend, and then we see what's coming out of it, if they want to continue or not. And then we're making another one. And so the Armenian genocide, uh, genocide thing developed out of this because then we had like, we really had it like kept on going and they, they, there was a team that funded themselves there. And then we did some jury and so on. And and then we, we went in this direction. It's like, okay, if you guys really want to do it, then let's do so it. So did you way. really develop actual apps, gaming yes, apps? you can download this right now. Really? It's called Myrig, Um And you can... Myrig, like M-A-Y-R-I-G? That's it. Okay. Uh, it's on Google Play Store and it's on App Store. Um, you can download oh, it. It's for it free. And um, we also like in cooperation with the Haigizan University. We are now launching it in Armenia as well. We never planned this. Mm-hmm. We never planned this. Yeah. But this is a way to... Now we are talking about But what about does that this. teach people about democracy? It, it teaches them um, in this very moment, the, it's, it's, an, it's an access to um, migration. What does it mean to, to leave your home country? And we, we're, we're talking about Lebanon. I mean, like, I can... Shall I make... Well, a, Jordan as well. They have tons of... They have a exactly. similar number of refugees, exactly. actually. Uh, we, the, the area. I mean, like, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's like... We, we have the, the Palestinians. We have the Syrians. We have... You know, this is... The topic of migration is, is a hot topic. But it is a hot I, topic. Absolutely. But shall I make it now and, and put the... You know, make it make it like a... Like whatever is in the news anyway and, and talk about Syrian refugees and make a panel discussion about it? No. But if somebody is feeling... You know, if you play Myrick, you, um, you, you, you are a young mother that has to flee with their kids um, in front of what's coming. And you can choose. What, what are your choices? Where do you go? What do you do? With whom do you talk? And so on. And some lead, some roads lead you to death. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and 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 you emotionally get a feeling for what it means to migrate, to be forced to migrate. And that's open up either nothing mm-hmm. or it opens something. And if we reach a couple of people, we're not talking about like we're changing societies here, not at all. We want to reach certain people to give to enable them to 
to have an opportunity to choose for themselves which way they want to go. And I guess it would uh, kind of increase empathy for people are, that don't really know about these situations. Okay. Learning like history, empathy, you know, like mm -hmm. if you reach your heart by this and, and it opens up this. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. So about the refugees, does the foundation uh, have a stand on uh, the return of the refugees to Syria? This is a big issue right now in the region. Um, a lot of politicians uh, locally are, are suggesting that they do go home voluntarily. Does the foundation... Have a position on this. We are we are not we are not um, a political foundation in the sense that we we do make politics. We again like you know um, uh, are an ideological uh, foundation, um, and we are with whatever the human rights charta is is, is dictating at least. And this is um, for 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 this case, you know, if if the refugees are and that is that is true for Germany as well. I mean, we're saying that like you know, if a refugee is coming for a certain reason, for example, fleeing a war. Then they have the right to stay with us, and they have to. Um, um, yeah, but the war included. is pretty much over much of Syria now, and you're here on the ground, and you've been in. You know, you've you I see them to day Syria. to day. I cannot you go, can't to go to Syria. Syria? I don't sure, know. you can. You can go okay. to Damascus. To Damascus, but why can I not go to the other? You can places? go to a lot of. There's probably just a few pockets that that you can't go to. I mean, I cannot go, and there, there's a reason why the German um, uh, government is yeah. not having diplomatic relations with Syria, um, and why there are still on a daily basis people dying in Syria, um, and why the United Nations cannot. 100% make sure that whoever returns to Syria can can be, be be sure that they have their security you know this is what the, what the UN says they they say they cannot secure that if we send someone in there we cannot find it um, and that's what but we have to take. But we have nothing to do with it. Obviously, right? I mean, um, this is uh, exactly this is a political issue, and I understand that the the Lebanese situation is is is, is dire. It's really difficult, um, and uh, especially on a local level. I mean, like you have like um, villages and, and 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 cities that are, you know, where the population has tremendously um, exploded, basically because of a big of, strain um, on, of, the, of on the course, infrastructure. Absolutely, but there's also a super chance in it for 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 this country. I mean, like this country. Lebanon would not get as much international support if there wouldn't be um, um, so many refugees. And there's a, there's a chance to, like, you know, um, do the infrastructure to the north, you know, um, build roads, make internet, um, um, you know, like uh, have, have electricity in Akkar, you know. If Lebanon would use this opportunity right now to actually update and upgrade their own system, I mean, this is a chance that... No other country has. Well, has we also know that there are other concerns, which are have to do also with the religious uh, groups and the balance in the country. Of course. So does the does the foundation kind of lean towards? I mean, the religious groups are affiliated with countries who lean in certain political directions. Does the foundation kind of take a stand in in that way, like that maybe they're favoring them not going back because it'll work in their favor if, if we have no say the balance changes we here. have no say in this and we want like you know that people can make their own decisions and right now it seems that uh, people cannot make their own decisions and we don't favor anyone and again like we have um, our partners here in lebanon and they are um, civil society partners and political partners um, and they are from from many spectrums and in the end as well and you have you have the situation that they On the, on the basis of a liberal approach, a liberal worldview, and that means like an individual should have the right to choose where they, where they should live and uh, based on the rule of law. And this is what we're supporting. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, but at the end of the day, a lot of the refugees don't really know what's going on. They're kind of waiting to be told, guided. Uh, they're, you know, not all of them, but many. Yes, many, of course. Yeah, you yeah. Know, the ones that's that why are not we so that's fortunate. why we're engaging, for example, mm -hmm. with kids, because we think that education is the most important part. If you end up now, I mean, like we're in the eighth year now. Uh, if you end up like having kids, like you know, it's great that they can participate in schools, you know, in the Lebanese schools. It's absolutely great. But what do you do if What do you do? Like they're, they're having their afternoon class and they have the whole morning and the whole day basically off. And then they go to the afternoon class and having facing a, for the first time in their life a curriculum that they have never heard or used to something else. Um, the dropout rates are uh, tremendously high because of this, you know. So um, why not preparing them? And there are self-help initiatives there. Why not preparing them in this time before they go to the school? Like to prepare them like, hey, this is what you're now going to expect in the school. Stick, stick to it, prepare them. And then they're actually like getting educated and then they can make their own choices. So that's why we're, we're not providing them with, with any kind of food or shelter or anything like this. This is not what mm, we do. You don't But do that. But the education is, is what, so what is really relevant. So it's really education. But does it go ever beyond that? Do you ever get, does the foundation ever get uh, retained by uh, political parties or people in government as a kind of consultant firm? Retained? Or hired or contracted? Um, no. Um, we um, partner with political partners on these issues um, because um, we You think don't get... The foundation does not ever get paid by political parties or... No, we... we, we usually, of the government. We usually pay... I see you smiling. <laughs> no, we, no, because it's usually the other way around. Really? You know? Yes, of course. What do you mean? You're paying them to... No, we don't pay the party let, either. Let you but in the building? Like, look, we're, we're like... We're like uh, again, coming from the German understanding... We believe that in order to have an inclusive democracy, you need political parties. You know, otherwise you end up with um, social society movements with one topic, and then they go and come and whatever. So we believe strongly in political parties. So, um, having said that, political parties affiliate themselves with ideologies. So we have, for example, Future Movement. Future Movement says it's a liberal party. Um, its president, Saad Hariri, is the vice president of Liberal International. That is the um, umbrella organization for all liberal parties worldwide. So we work with Future Movement. Now, if you have young leaders in the party who need speech training, of course, we help them. Does This that is happen what often? They need. Yeah, on a regular basis, of course. Um, so how does, that, how does that work? Do they come to your garage and you sit down with them and work on the speeches or you go there to their offices? Both of them, both of them. Just now I came from Kantari um, because we had an event at, uh, at Future Movement um, and we talk about like what is going on, what, uh, what needs to be and what needs to be done. And there's nothing that, that is, and that everything is super transparent. What's, yeah. You know, everything is super transparent. We don't hide anything because again, we have taxpayers' money. Um, so this is like what is, what is seen. And then we have the academy Academy, for example, where we say, like, you know, innovation and politics. You know, I said only innovation, innovation and politics. How you do kind you of changed the subject there because no, I was no. super interested in the fact that you're basically training, train, oh, you're sending those people yes, there. Yes, okay. yes. So we're sending, we're sending someone from Future Movement to innovation and politics. Like now, right now? Uh, right now, right now, yeah. in this very moment, someone from Future Movement is, is in, <laughs> in our Germany? training center in Germany. Yes. What is he learning? Oh, I forgot the, the, the seminar that he's in right now. It's, you should send, like, the, all the governments in the Middle East. No, again, like, look, like you have people in the government who believe that the country should be run, for example, with more government in order to educate the people. I do not believe that. I think less government is possible and is better because, like, if you engage and, and train and have educated individuals, 
they can make their informed decisions for themselves. They may make the, make the wrong decision for themselves. I mean, like everybody who's smoking makes a decision. They know it's not healthy, mm. but it's their decision. Let them do it, you know? But that's what I want. I do not want the government to tell me, you need to smoke or you not need to smoke. I want to make this decision for myself. And this is what I believe in. That's why, not, that's why we're not working with governments, you know? Because we have people in there that we do not... That do not share my worldview. And I think, like, you know, history has proven us right. The liberal model, the, the, the model of, of a market-based society has given us so much more um, um, value in the last decades. Um, yeah, it's, um, it's something that we, that I certainly stand for. And, and I, I'm, coming, I'm coming from this point of view. I grew up in East Germany. I grew up in a dictatorial system. I grew up in a system where... The government was going to tell me what I have to study, what I have to work, what I can do, and so on and so on. I do not want this. And I believe that I can make my own mistakes. And that's what I want, that other people can make their own mistakes willingly. Hmm. So in the Middle East, the foundation has offices in Israel, in Palestine or the Palestinian territories, Morocco, Lebanon, Syria, Egypt. They still have an office in Egypt. And then, uh, of course, Jordan, which is where uh, you're going. And the MENA regional office used to be in Cairo, where you were. And uh, now it's being, or it's been, oh, it's since 1978, but it's now operating from Amman, Jordan. So why did they, so that was the headquarter. Why did they move the headquarter from Egypt, from Cairo to Amman? Yeah, um, that's true. Um, we actually like, um, it's one of our oldest offices in the MENA region, uh, the Cairo office. And it was the, the, the regional office for, for the whole MENA region. And it became, It was obviously like very important in the Arab Spring because of the partners that we had that we had there. Um, and uh, in the end, it was which was when when did they kind of shift the 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 head office for the HQs from uh, Cairo to Amman? That was in 2016 when when we okay. opened because I was in the in Cairo at that time, yeah. and then um, we moved the headquarter the the, the MENA regional office. Uh, office to 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 Jordan. And at the same time, I went to Beirut in order to open the office here. Um, that was in 2016 after a long struggle that we had in the country because we wanted to stay there. It was one of our main... If you want to act in the, in the Arab region, I think you need to be in, in Egypt. You know, it's, it's, it's very important. However, civil society had a difficult stand at that time, um, starting 2000. Yeah, start, it became really difficult in 2013, I would say 14, something like this. And there was a new NGO law that, uh, you know, all the NGOs had to file, uh, had to go under, had to declare their, their, their income and so on, which is what we do. But we are not an NGO. We're not a non-governmental right. organization. So we usually operate on bilateral uh, country basis. There's usually like here, it's the cultural um, agreement that, uh, that exists. And the agreement that existed in Egypt was was from one day to the other withdrawn from the Egyptian side. So we were basically without status in the country. And we were not successful in renewing this um, this this uh, permit, permit or, or yeah. whatever the status. The Egyptian side was always saying like, yeah, it comes, it comes, it comes. But we had 16 people in there. And again, we're talking about taxpayers' money, German taxpayers' money. And we were not allowed to do anything. And still, that was in the end of 2014. And the whole 2015, we were basically just there. Mm -hmm. Waiting. Paying rent, mm -hmm. paying salaries, you know, everything. 
doing some regional activities, but nothing in Egypt. And we were always saying, like, look, we need to get a status, otherwise we need to leave the country. And it was our own choice then by the end, by the beginning of 2016 to say, like, sorry, we need to leave now. So that office is closed. We have a liaison office there and we want to engage more now again, uh, especially on the entrepreneurial area. Um, especially now when uh, when I take over um, the Jordan office or the regional office, I'm highly interested in expanding our activities in Egypt again because I think it's 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 necessary. A, a population like like Egypt, uh, an important country like Egypt, needs an active civil society, um, and this active civil society, this society is very active in the entrepreneurial area. There's a there's a huge um, naturally grown entrepreneurship startup uh, ecosystem, completely different to the Lebanese one. And it's it's fantastic to, to engage with them because there are interesting minds who develop products and, and creative tools to bring the country forward as well. And I think this deserves our attention as well, if they want it. So basically part of this uh, uh, innovative approach is to kind of view the link between entrepreneurship and democracy. Exactly. Exactly. And and you have in every entrepreneur is basically what we as liberals stand for. It's someone who's like taking matters in their own hands and tries to build his own idea into reality. So did Jordan invite the foundation to open its regional headquarters there? Did you guys choose it or did the foundation we choose it? We looked around and it was um, Tunisia. Cheap rent? Uh, sure. <laughs> cheap rent? <laughs> uh, cheap rent, yes, it's certainly cheap rent there. Yeah. That's true. Um, but the uh, living costs are not much more different than here. Um, really? Yeah. I did not, I've never been yeah. to one. Um, uh, so the so it was it was Tunisia, um, Jordan, or uh, Lebanon, uh, as a matter of fact, and for many reasons it was then decided from the foundation that um, and then in comp- obviously like with with in 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 discussion with the with the government. But Jordan, yeah, but Jordan is not really a democracy. I mean, it's a constitutional monarchy. They have you know some they have a parliament, I guess. Yeah. Um, but how can the foundation kind of have these close? Uh, or kind of square its mission with working closely with a monarchy, which yeah. kind of goes against the whole idea. Um, well, Great Britain is also a monarchy, and um, you know it's one of the oldest democracies that, mm-hmm. we, that we can think of. Um, so this is not is not a not a contradiction. I you would say you don't think that the monarchy in Jordan is a little bit more um, overbearing or powerful than it's the you know the one in the UK. It's a very you know uh, they're not really that involved in the day to day affairs, and absolutely. that's not the case in Jordan. Oops. Yeah. Sorry. Um, no, no, you're, you're absolutely right. This is certainly something. Some it's not comparable on that level. Um, but I would not exclude the fact that you can work in that society. Again, like in Egypt, we were not allowed to work, and um, the, the, the we are guests in the country. Again, like we, we we're not coming here with the, with a set of um, ready-made tools that we impose on anyone. And our our methods and our reports are everything. The whole everything is super transparent. Everything we do. And we have we, we have been invited to to engage with the society over there. Um, they have an interest, uh, especially after the Arab Spring, because you you know like if you if you are a smart leader, you you know that you cannot continue the way that you that you used to. And so you know, and there there are always red lines everywhere in every country. And if you know where they are, then you don't overstep them. But um, somewhere these red lines are closer or like tighter and somewhere they're wider regardless there is a space in which you can act 
And should we either neglect this space or should we use it? You know, and this is this is mainly what. But we... there's a lot going on in Jordan now, right? Because they reopened the Al-Nasi border yes. between Syria and Jordan, which had closed in 2015 during the war, and yeah. then it reopened last year in 2018. Exactly. It's really important trade route Absolutely for the region. Great. Great, um, yeah. Before the the war broke out, there was about six hundred million dollars worth of of trade that was going through that that route. And then when the war happened, they closed it. Of course, zero. I mean, that's very impactful. So now it's reopened. So obviously, there's all this like um, bubbling of the economy, and people probably want to get in on, on the action and and do so. Is this part of the reason that you're in Jordan? And and are you going to kind of uh, jump on this opportunity to kind of get involved with the the new commercial activity? I, I I certainly welcome it, and it's and it's uh, it's it's a, it's a yeah a beacon of hope uh, definitely that uh, that there is some trade now happening again because uh, Lebanon and Jordan they need the, these these open roads, and um, it's certainly uh, beneficial and helpful that not only the the, the border open but also that the um, the kingdom himself the king himself and the king, the royal family is so active in terms of entrepreneurial uh, activities. Um, this helps to promote the ideas that we are supporting so we have basically like um, um, the support also like on on the societal level and on the on the on the on the higher level to go in this direction and to support whoever is there um, and to do this to take matters in their own hands and so and what about the fact that Saudi Arabia with the UAE and Kuwait gave Jordan about 2.3 billion dollars worth of aid last June recently um, how does Jordan how do you think Jordan positions itself within the current kind of conflict in the region. Um, is it is it difficult for them to kind of uh, play both sides of the you know to be friends with certain countries and friends with the ones who are giving them money and and who are you which side is the foundation on? The foundation is always on the side of you know democracy and inclusive democracy. Um, and we we are not blind and we are not and we are not naive. Of course, you know. Uh, not really anywhere in the Arab world we are close to this. Um, but this is also one of the reasons why we exist or why why we have this um, um, this engagement. Because if there is a possibility for us to interact with people, then you know we have we 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 are, we are able to influence certain minds and maybe come towards that. And politically, like you know, we 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 do not stay uh, take another stand on this. Okay, if you say so. <laughs> hmm. I'll take I'll take you at your word, of course. Um, and how many people work for FNF globally? It's a huge, it seems like a huge organization. I mean, sixty countries, sixty countries or sixty offices. Sixty offices in thirty countries. No, um, no, Lhasa, sixty uh, countries and thirty offices. Yes, that's what it is. Oh, okay. So there's regional offices overseeing a few countries at there's, a time. There's six regional offices. So we have the region of Latin America. Yes. We have the region of yeah. uh, Sub-Saharan Africa. We have the MENA region and so on. So Mind these book. are the, 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 the regions. Yeah. And like in MENA region, for example, 10, 10 different countries. And four offices, I think. Uh, yeah, something like okay. this. Um, so we are not that big. It's, it's like, again, like, you know, we, we're not, we're not, the international work is not our main focus. But roughly, have, like how many employees? We have employees? like, I think... Uh, 
230 uh, members uh, or like oh. uh, uh, staff members staff, yeah. um, that we have. So, in, so here, for example, in, in Beirut, how many? In Beirut, we're like uh, eight. And how many are going to be in Jordan? In Jordan, 16. It's a, because it's Bigger. a regional, regional office, office. And there's mm-hmm. more filing, more, you know, like administrational stuff. So you need more people. So <laughs> what kind of uh, budget are we talking about? Like how much capital is the parliament in Germany allotting to this foundation? Oh, that's now. See, I should have been better prepared for this. Because don't, they, don't they have like annual reports? Of course where they do. They tell of course they do. But numbers? I'm bad with numbers. Yeah. I really like. I, 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 I could you give yeah. you the number? Like, and I do not want to say now a number sure. which is ridiculously completely wrong because yeah. I'm really not good with numbers. Okay. Yes, I, I, sh- I should have brought it with me, and I could read you now the numbers and everything. I can tell you that we, like, you know, we, we as a foundation, we do events that cost us five hundred dollars. Yeah. And we do events that cost us twelve thousand or something like this. So in these ranges, like everything is possible because it's really like it's about the impact and what the people really need. And, mm. you know, it's like it's 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 things like there's a small human rights organization um, that was founded here a couple of years ago. Louder is their, is their name. And they had they had like great ideas, great access, for example, to the ISF. And the ISF wanted to um, wanted to have their their curricula um, revised uh, in terms of human rights issues. This organization was not able to do it. We didn't have the access to it. So either of us would have done it, would have not worked. But together we were able to bring people from from Geneva Institute for Human Rights, for, for, from other places, mm-hmm. and to work two years long on rewriting with the ISF, with this organization, their curricula. So this costs obviously some money, but... Mm-hmm. It's not in the billions or something like that. It's, it's it's really like it's marginal. Like if you if you talk about like uh, foreign relations, um, it's small because we are affecting minds, and this is what we want. Okay, uh, I noticed you don't have an office in Saudi Arabia or in the UAE. But does the FNF have relationships with those governments? Uh, again, we do not deal with governments that yeah, much, or with um, the, but also civil society. This is, this is basically society. it. And I don't know. I mean, is there organizations, civ- think tanks? How much civil society is there in Saudi Arabia? How much civil society? There's uh, actually like, a kind of a growing number. I would. That think, would be good yeah. to know. That would be very interesting yeah. for me to find out. Now that I'm taking over the regional yeah. capacity, this is something definitely that I'm looking into it. I know that we have now. We we're stretching out to. Maurita- Mauritania, because there's a liberal party that that, that is interested in, in working with us. So we're assessing these on a constant basis. We had an office uh, in Iraq, for example, and we closed it at some point because there was um, not that much happening anymore for us. On, and we need to make sure that the money that we use is also well spent. Yeah. Because uh, at the moment you have an office, you have overhead. Over, overhead Those would know? be interesting countries to, to work in. Hey, absolutely. For absolutely. Sure. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about you. Mm. Um because we know nothing about you, basically. You're a mystery man to this point. <laughs> so you've previously <laughs> worked. <laughs> you've previously worked in the German Parliament, yes. right? Before you came, before you joined the foundation. Yes. Uh, you also worked as a liaison with the European Union, as part of Germany's parliamentary group of the Free Democratic Party, political mm-hmm. party there, and uh, it's a party traditionally considered center right that promotes human rights, civil liberties, and internationalism. So that really aligns with what you're doing here, uh, along with free markets, which seems to be very important, and pri- privatization. Um, but your LinkedIn profile also says that you're into symbols and rituals. Can yes. you explain that? Yes, this is this is something that I'm really like um, interested. Um, I don't know why, but um, I find it highly interesting how um, politics um, relies on symbols and rituals. Um, I mean, let it be here. You go to a big conference and the first thing you do is what? 
sit down. <laughs> no, actually, <laughs> Grab you have a to coffee? stand up. You have to stand, <laughs> stand up, up and sing the national, oh, the national anthem. anthem. Yes, yes, yes. You know, this is a this is a symbol. Nobody yeah. would do this, however, in Germany. That's a Why? ritual. It's yeah. a ritual. They don't do yes. that in Germany. They don't do that. Oh, Why don't they do that? We do it sometimes because it's too hard. Germany is just too hard. And it's not so pretty. Like, I really liked it in the, the yeah. National Anthem of Lebanon. Yeah. I really do. It, it is a nice um, one. Um, no, it's, it's just like, you know, there's a historical significance to it. You know, we, we Germans are detached from symbols, from rituals, because we, you know, we had too much of them in the Second World War. And so we are like a little bit detached. And now we're getting closer to it again. We're like, like slowly getting there again. And I find this highly interesting because especially if you come to parliaments and the parliament is the nucleus of a democracy, You, uh, you elect basically your representatives together and they adhere to certain rules that nobody can enforce. I mean, you cannot send in the tanks and say like, you have now five minutes to speak. You know, it's either we all agree on it or we all don't agree on it. And this is a, is a value in itself. And the German parliament is very poor on symbols and rituals. Yet we have a flag. Um, there's, there's the beginning of, of every session is like there's a gong coming, like a, like a sound, and then everybody has to raise up. And, you know, but this is it, basically. But any if you go, like, for example, we talked about the, the British parliament, you know, like there's like with the golden mace and, you know, they still wear their hats and, and all this kind of stuff. It's, uh, so they have meaning. They come, they derive from something, and they are, it comes from a long struggle that has derived to where we are right now. And this needs to be preserved. That's why I love it. Okay, it sounded a little bit more um, mysterious. Oh, sorry. Sorry paper. to disappoint you. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, you're also a self-described medieval European painting fan. Yes. Medieval European painting. Why? Um, I don't know. This is, uh, it just talks to me the, the, the most. I mean, you like, seem to like like traditional things and a window to the past. I mean, even the symbols and rituals things. Yes, yeah. this you find there the, the most. Like if you, if you look to, go to the medieval paintings, you have basically in one picture lots of symbols. You know, you have someone wearing a, a key. You know, it's, Pe it's Petrus, you know, like a, a, a St. Peter. Um, so, so this is a symbol for something and there, you can find these in these old paintings uh, the most. But it's mainly because there's um, a very nice museum in, in, in Berlin. It's called the Gemälde Galerie, a painting gallery, which I discovered when I was living there. And every Thursday um, you can get in there for free. Um, and I made a habit. I bought the book um, of all the paintings that they have there. And then I made It's a habit. It's good to know that you can get in for free on Thursdays. Yes, Thank that's you for one that thing. tip. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever Thank listens you. to that and knows yeah. that. Okay. And then so I went there every second Thursday and went by room by room to every painting. And um, I just fell in love with um, the medieval paintings and not sculptures, not, you know, I also like uh, modern art, but um, this is just something where I completely can detach and be somewhere else. Interesting. Uh, you also scuba dive? Yes, I love it. Have you done that in the region a lot? I imagine in Egypt? I wanted to do it here. I wanted and? to do it here. No, no time. Oh, and I'm what doing, about in Egypt? Uh, also not. Really? No, Egypt I did. Has I, did. I did. I did. I did. Wrong, 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 wrong. Okay. Wrong. Yes. Uh, the Red Sea, of course. Okay. Uh, yeah. Were you also a football player? Never. In previous life? Never okay. There's really. someone with the same name as you that was on one of the German teams, Fortsening. Yeah. No, 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 no. Um, so you're you headed. did some research, I can Yes, say. I yeah. did. <laughs> so you're headed. Obviously, it wasn't all correct. You can't always trust the internet. No, you yeah. shouldn't. There and, you go. And you even though to... your name seems unusual, there's other people no, with your name. No, <laughs> no, especially Kunze. It's like, it's really? like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, John yeah. Smith or uh, yes, Eddie Khuri. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> hey, something like this. Okay. So you're headed to Jordan to oversee all of FNF's operations in the region. What's at the top of your agenda? 
I think, and I'm no, I'm actually pretty sure what I what, what where where our strength is is in building networks. You know, again, like you you, you tested it this, in this in this in this talk a little bit. Like you know, we we do not have the political agenda on a day to day basis. Um, it, it is really like, and it's it's sometimes maybe hard to 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 believe, but. We do want to empower people to be self-aware of their surrounding and challenge their surrounding, question them. The moment you question, you're on the right track because then you, you know, you do use intellectual capacity. And the, the Arab political parties, the Arab societies do not need us Germans in our experience, not at all. But the um, Tunisian liberal party is struggling on certain levels and certain issues in their society that the Moroccan liberal party has gone through already or the Lebanese uh, will be facing soon and so on. So, and yet, I mean, like, you know, the Arab world is unfortunately so divided um, and it could be so strong if they would be together. And, and you know, building a network, being a platform for this, I think is is highly valuable um, and connecting this on a professional level in an, in, a, in a new innovative way um, is something that I that I, I think we should we should definitely work on and uh, it will be beneficial for everyone. Well, that's a nice note to leave it on. Thank you so much for Thank joining you. us. It was really great talking to you. Thank you very much. Hey, thanks so much for listening. Please like and subscribe to our show. We'd love to hear from our audience. Uh, you can find us on hakawati.com. Download our app. Send us your questions, your feedback. We'd love to hear from you. See you next time.